Tracy Mack on Newcastle in the Morning. Welcome back to the program. It's a half past ten here on Newcastle Live. We've had a big, big discussion over the past uh, week or so when it comes to uh, to horse racing and to betting and to the amount of money that, as Australians, we uh, we have a, a habit of gambling away. There's not only the uh, nup to the cup going on, but that's around animal cruelty. But one of the big highlights, I suppose, that came out of the Melbourne Cup was uh, the putting on of the uh, of the track of all of the sludge in protest uh, by a, a problem gambler who just said that this enough is enough it needs to stop and it is the subject of uh, of a very big study at the moment um, the uni of new south wales is uh, currently looking at how australians can separate sports and gambling now as australians we would bet on two flies running up a wall as we often say we are exposed to gambling on a daily basis so how do we attempt to start to unpick all of this? It is a huge, huge conversation. And joining me on the line now is Dr. Nick Richardson. Good morning and thanks for your time, Nick. Hi, Tracy. Thank you very much for having me. It is pretty accurate, isn't it, that Australians would bet on two flies running up a wall if we could. Why are we so... Why do we have this love affair with gambling? <laughs> well, I think it's it's culturally ingrained. Uh, we, you know, obviously we have a big horse racing culture. We've we've discovered quite recently, I guess, for those who who didn't really understand the greyhounds, that that, that there is a big greyhound racing culture, and that's why you know, Premier Premier Bed, when he reversed his decision very quickly to to stamp down on on the greyhounds, and and so it's it's a big part of our culture. I mean, when you look at at the figures. We, we spend a fortune on lotteries. Um, that's by far the, the biggest. Um, we, we spend a, f- a fortune on gaming um, in, in um, the poker machines. Um, and now with, with the rise and the connection between sports betting and so on and sports, we are seeing an increase in sports betting most definitely over the last 10 years. We're sold this uh, this wonderful lifestyle, aren't we? When uh, when we, we watch these sports bet ads, and when we we you know, I mean, in the middle of a live football broadcast, we get the odds of of who's going to win, who the who the first try scorer is. You know, our media are finding ways around these regulations that have been put in place to protect us and to protect our youth. Yet we continually are sold this uh, this utopian life that if you if you bet on on the races and you bet on the the football or you bet on any Anything, that you have this wonderful mateship and this wonderful life, that's a bit tough, isn't it? It is, and they do it very cleverly. So it's when you look that there is a code of conduct, but it's industry, um, it's industry administered. So all the all the advertising has to meet that code, and the, and it has to go through gaming and waging, and and they look at it, and but they're very clever. So they don't show eighteen to twenty four year olds because that's the the, the biggest part of uh, particularly sports betting, gambling, and 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 racing, and they are also shown to be most at risk of of becoming problem gamblers. So what they do is they they uh, accentuate the idea of mateship and gambling. So when you look at the majority of, of the sports ads, this, and sports betting in particular, they're all about doing it with mates, having a good time with a mate. And even when it comes to the negative um, anti-gambling ads, they, they, do that, they look at it through that prism as well. So it's all about being part of Australian mateship. And so they don't show 18 to 24-year-olds doing it, but at the same time, when you're 18 to 24, what are you looking for? Mm. You're looking for a good time with your mates. So it's, it may as well be the same thing. 
One of the really successful ads uh, recently which was the pinky ad, obviously. We, we all know what the, the little pinky means and, uh, you know, the size of your anatomy. That worked really well to slow down young drivers, didn't it? How do we implement something like that when it comes to gambling? Well, I think we need to look at uh, exactly, you know, the the... It's interesting, but the larrikin, the Aussie larrikin, who's always part of a group of mates, the one that, that goes drinks to excess, the one that, that goes too far in social situations, it's actually part of that Australian mythology of, of, the, of the mate. And so it becomes quite difficult because what the, what the gaming industry has done quite well has, has actually focused on that person. And so what it does is it, it reinvents the idea of mateship, even though in, uh, on the face of it it's saying, hey, have you gone too far? So it's quite complex. We have to actually go and, and look um, significantly at uh, how this idea of mateship really manifests itself and try to challenge that because it, at the moment all it's doing is, is reinforcing itself through the way it's been questioned. Nick, one of the big, big things is, uh, you know, they've been very, very clever. You know, the, the front of jersey sponsorships, all of those kind of things, you know, the, the ads that run around our fields. You can't go to any sporting event and not see some form of gambling advertising. It really is a concern when you've got a young child wearing, you know, a Panthers jersey or a, a Bulldogs jersey or a Knights jersey, and on the front of that jersey is a betting company. There's got to be some responsibility and something, you know, put back onto these sporting organisations. And I know sponsorship is tough, don't get me wrong, I know how tough it is, which is why these guys are getting on the, top of, on the front of these jerseys. How do we make the pressure so much stronger on, on our clubs to reject this kind of sponsorship? It's really difficult because when, as I was referring to at the start, the, the money that's, that's concerned when it comes to sports betting, it's actually quite small when it comes compared to other forms of betting, particularly things like poker machines. And so when you look at, say, the Prime Minister's response, He's very careful about how how he phrases it or frames it because he's worried about alienating people from a part of of what's seen as Australian life, and he even refers to the nanny state when he's talking about that. So it becomes it becomes quite a, a complicated thing because that it, from a numbers perspective, it's it's not like cigarettes. Like with the the. the the research does not say that it, it, it is going to kill us, for example. So it, it's a complicated one, and, and there are lots of layers of grey because lots of people do go out and they, they have a punt and, and they enjoy it and they do it with mates and, it, and it's part of the, the entertainment value, and it has been for some time. So what we're worried about is do we say no to that and say, well, no, that's not good because of the problem people. But you could say that about alcohol as well. So I don't know, I'm, I'm I'm just, I'm reticent to stand there and say, oh, no, I'm sorry, it's all bad, because mm. lots of people do it and they enjoy it. And so it's very difficult. It's not as black and white as it was with the smoking situation. Sporting, sporting um, teams, codes, they need um, big media dollars in order to pay players and to pay all the staff and the way that the sports have become so expensive and professional. And, and the sport betting companies are there with heaps of cash. So it's, it's, it's really complicated. It really is. It's going to be uh, really interesting to see what happens from here. I mean, I, I suppose you just want us to start having that conversation around uh, where we do go to from here. 
Absolutely, absolutely. I think it's that question of what what really is sports betting, and and how do we op- be open about it? I mean, recently I, I heard that that apps are now providing technology which allows uh, mates to actually bet with each other in mm. sort of live ways, and there's a one-upmanship going on there. And so I think those sorts of things really need to be questioned in terms of is that really what we want you know to be doing with our mates which is basically you know hurting each other as we're as we're competing you know that they're sorts of questions that i think really need to be asked and you do you're absolutely right you see those again you see those ads running whether it be the football whether it just be on a friday night you know you, you see those ads running saying you know join with mates and and it's almost like the the fortnight joint you know join with mates and and instead of playing a game you're joining with mates and you're gambling well well, gambling can hurt at times, and we need to be very, very wise about about how we go down that track. That's right. That's right. I, d- I don't think it's enough to be simply saying, "Oh, it's it's that one mate that we all laugh at, who's part, who's the joker in the in the Australian mate mythology." Mm. I don't. I don't think that's enough. Is there an onus on uh, on the gambling organisations to, you know, to, to also show the the opposite side? I mean, obviously they're not going to because that's that's not at the, at the heart of what they want to do. They want us to, to gamble, but at the moment they're all soft, they're all warm and fuzzy, and they don't show the harms of gambling. It, you know, do, do we need to to start campaigns that are far more persuasive in in trying to to slow down or to address problem gamblers? I think the industry has to be very careful itself. You know, at the moment, the pub test is probably slightly in favour of of the idea of keeping the Australian punt. Mm. But by bombarding everybody during every sporting event and having parents looking at, at their children and thinking, is this the ad that I want them to be seeing? Is this what I mm. want them to be associating with sport? They've got to be very careful because at the moment, when you look at the sport betting numbers compared to the other, other gambling um, enterprises, at the moment, as I said, it's very low. But because of sport betting and the prevalence of sport betting, these conversations are being had at the highest levels of government and, it, and throughout the media. And so if they're not careful, the pub test is going to flip on mm. them and, and they'll go the way of God. And it won't necessarily be based on research. It'll be based on the fact that public opinion has moved against them. And I think the, the, the uh, huge amount of, of sports bet advertising in, sporting, in every sporting code mm. is not working for them. It's not looking good. Well, I can remember a certain um, horse trainer's son who uh, who just bombarded us with with, with <laughs> advertising. I mean, truly, that that got. If I saw one more Waterhouse racing, I think I was going to shoot, you know, punch the television screen. I mean, that really worked against him, didn't it? It did, and it changed the code because mm. basically he he was standing there, and I'm glad you mentioned the name because I wasn't going to mention any names. But <laughs> he he was standing there in mid pitch and basically becoming part of the commentary mm. team, and so it looked like live odds. It was almost like a, a stockbroker for betting was mm. standing there, and so it became a major problem for for and and very quickly. Um, I think public opinion went. No, I'm sorry. That's that's, that's not, not what on. we want in our mm. sports. It's too close, and so that line is. Yeah, it's very fuzzy. It's interesting, and it is. It's public opinion. So if they're not careful, 
they, the whole the whole mm. lot could go that way. But there's always the question of what's next for sport. Mm. Who's going to pay for it? Yeah. And so that's a complicated one. And that you know, then we get into the conversations around you know um, Gina Reinhart's money being knocked back from from netball. Um, you know, we've got our, our Australian cricketers not wanting to to wear a linter on their shirts. You know, how far does this go? How far does this social commentary go? But I, I think we need to to really bring it all back and say, hang on a second, we need to start with the the real thing that is really harming people and how do we make sure that gambling is it can advertise we all you know go for it everyone's got the right to advertise but stop doing this this advertising by stealth i think that's the biggest problem people have yeah it is and we're we're living in interesting times aren't we but it also suggests how how much power the players have these days right you know they're on they're on big salaries. There's lots of money at stake. We need our cricket team, our netball team, to be winning. It puts more bums on seats. And so, when the when the main players come out and say, "Look, I'm not I'm not for this," mm. the the even you know the national sports are listening because they're they're concerned about the the player power. And of course, they're also concerned about how it looks in in for the public. And yeah, it's it's really interesting times in terms of how sponsorship works and what it says about the value of the team that the sponsor's on. It used to just be fantastic. We've, we've got a large contract that's going to pay for the next three years. That's yeah, great brilliant. news. Yeah. Now, yeah, now, now there are, it's so complicated in terms of what it says about mm. the sport and the values of the sport. There is such a social contract involved in sport these days and, uh, yeah, and the sport that ignores that. And, uh, and continues on its way, I think uh, it's not going to be pretty days. Look, Nick, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. It is something that uh, really we have to come to grips with and we really do have to figure out how we separate sports and gambling but still allow those who do want to have a flutter, and I say a flutter because that is you know that is what it is. Um, it's the problem gambling and, and getting kids hooked early. That's where the issues are, are really coming to the fore now. No, that's absolutely right, Tracy. Look, thank you for having me. And I say all that as, a, as an absolute non-gambler, but somebody who's very interested in the way that our society thinks about itself. And, and it, it's fascinating to me. Oh, it really is. And the power, you know, we haven't even gone on the power of the AHA or the Clubs New South Wales yet. We haven't even gone down that, that part. We'll leave that for another day. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Thanks so much, Nico. I appreciate it. You have a lovely weekend. Pleasure, Tracy. Thank you. you thank Bye-bye. you very much. Bye. That is uh, Dr. Nick Richardson from the University of New South Wales. He is the arts design and agricultural lecturer. And uh, yes, he's just saying it's time for us to have a bit of a discussion around it all. How do we want our society to be? Do we want to be watching the AFL or the NRL or the A-League and uh, have those wonderful little ads pop up midway through with, hey, this is the odds at the moment. This is the odds for the first try scorer. Do we want that to continue? Is that how we want our kids to view sport? But on the flip side, if we don't have it, who pays for our sport? It is a very, very interesting one. You're with Tracy Mack on Newcastle Live. Newcastle in the morning covers the big stories that matter the most to you. The local issues often neglected. Tracy Mack's plain talking, no-nonsense approach will get your morning off right. Talking news, sport, entertainment, music, lifestyle and more. Covering what you need to know and even some of the stuff you didn't. It's Tracy Mack with Newcastle in the morning. Weekdays from 9 to midday only on Newcastle Live.